nine rounds of golf for $90? Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at garagelogic.com. As a golf passport card holder, you're entitled to nine 18 whole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to garagelogic.com and type keyword passport. A $300 golf value for just 90 bucks. Now you got it. GarageLogic.com. Keyword passport. Uh, hello. 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 Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic podcast number 179. Who churns them out more than Garage Logic? Man. June 18, 2019. It was 98 degrees on this day, 1953. That was free. Uh, it was pre-aquicide, so the kids were uh, getting uh, all tie, uh, tied up in weeds. 39 degrees on this day in 1876. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production, Chris Reavers, Director of Social Media. John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. I know I uh, said I was going to attempt to put the D-Day emails aside, uh, but they're trickling in, and I, uh, I, I got another one that I can't resist reading because you're all going to love it. Okay. Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you! I was out of town for a few days, so I am catching up and a little late to sharing comments on the D-Day show, but it was excellent. Quick story of my own. My grandfather was in the Marine Corps during World War II. When I graduated from Army basic training in the mid-1980s, he and my grandmother were in the middle of a cross-country driving trip in their Thunderbird on their way to visit Paris Island, South Carolina, which he hadn't seen since the war. They made a pit stop to come to my graduation ceremony at Fort Knox. As the ceremony ended, as soon as we were officially dismissed, my grandfather walked up to me with a cold beer in his hand and handed it to me. No idea where he got it. I said, Grandpa, for crying out loud, this isn't World War II. I can't have that right now. He said, that's ridiculous. You earned it. Drink up. (laughs) Just as I had successfully stashed the contraband in my grandmother's purse, three of our drill sergeants walked up making the rounds. The senior drill sergeant said, well, the government has decided that you can be an actual American soldier, apparently, which says something about the state of our republic. In other words, the drill sergeants are still ripping the kids. Giving them a hard time. And then he looks and he says, well, who are these people? He said, gesturing at my grandparents. I said, these are my grandparents' drill sergeant. The drill sergeant turned and said to my grandfather, were you in the Army? Grandpa said, no, Marine Corps. The drill sergeant gave Grandpa the up and down once over, gauging his age, and then asked, when did you enlist? Grandpa said, 1943. The senior drill sergeant said quietly to the other two standing next to him, detail 10 hut. All three came to attention with a thud of boots. The senior drill ordered, present arms. The three of them saluted my grandfather in a single motion, snapping their hands up to the brims of their campaign hats. Goosebumps. Grandpa was more than a little surprised, but he rallied quickly and returned the salute. The sight of that, those three Army sergeants, each of them an absolute recruiting poster of a drill sergeant who had been (laughs) pounding me into the dust day and night for weeks, standing there on the parade ground saluting my old Marine grandfather in his windbreaker and plaid shirt, is etched in my memory in Technicolor. See, in the military, the protocol is that the lower rank salutes first. 
Grandpa never made it past corporal, but the date 1943 was all it took for the Army Master Sergeant to salute first. After they dropped the salute, each of them stepped up and shook Grandpa's hand and said, Thank you, sir. He wasn't the kind of guy to display emotion easily, so they just got a yep and an up nod, but I knew it meant as much to him as it did to me. He passed away in 2002, but remembering that now, it's just one of those moments that makes you proud of everybody, if you know what I mean. Good luck, Jay. That's very cool. Very cool. If he was alive, we'd probably wish him a happy birthday, Wasn't that nifty? Okay, now corroboration. I have stories today. I I have developments in the world that terribly confuse me, and I'm going to get to those. But first, I I want to corroborate my contention that uh, uh, chipmunks are... uh, Oh, God. Are a pest. <laughs> and I, I said they live underground, and Sanibel Jim writes, although they can climb trees, they spend most of their lives on the ground or underground in burrows that may reach 30 feet long and 3 feet deep. These burrow <laughs> systems include nesting chambers and storage rooms for nuts and seeds that provide chipmunks with food throughout the winter. <laughs> Don't remember the source, Joe, a DNR from another state. Please resume the setting of your trap line, Sanibel Jim. And off, uh, chief offsite correspondent uh, Terry Kelsey found the same information they spend their lives under trees yes they can uh, they can uh, climb trees but they spend their lives in their burrows got okay it. okay got it okay. that's fascinating yeah well it shut you <laughs> up didn't it <laughs> mike in duluth writes i've attached a couple of photos of my lilacs here in duluth they reach full bloom monday june 17th full bloom june that's 17th yesterday yesterday, yesterday. yep as they normally do. They are just an average Minnesota variety of lilac. I couldn't afford an expensive imported variety like some independently wealthy spouses can. I think he's referring to minor Korean lilacs. Mm. And, uh, you know, I have an independently wealthy wife. Yeah, they're rich According wife to the commenters in the right. paper, yeah. <laughs> the observations you and I have made with our lilacs points out a critical error in how climate change believers collect and interpret climate-related data. I've worked with statistical data collection and analysis for years in my job and have some insight. First, for data to be reliable and valid, it must be comparable. For example, temperature data over the years must be collected from the same number of locations at the same geographic locations using the same instrumentation. Since the number of collection sites has increased dramatically and the sophistication of measuring instruments has increased as well, the data are not comparable. As an example, if 100 years ago you noted when my lilacs bloomed on average and then added your observations from St. Paul years later, you would assume that the average bloom date had moved weeks earlier than in the past and incorrectly surmise that this has happened because the climate on average is warming. In other words, if I would uh, compare my date to a date in Duluth, that it, it wouldn't be a, right. it wouldn't be fair game. Climate believers are unscientific. Uh, use unscientifically gathered data to create climate models in erroneous gloom and doom. Furthermore, they make leaps of faith statements such as the professor you recently interviewed based on unscientific data. With regard to the increase in CO2 in the atmosphere, he said, and I paraphrase, it must be climate change that causes this because we just don't have a better explanation. These people are not scientists. Their work is nothing. Uh, is nothing close to scientific and is simply a guessing game to support their positions. That is not science. The only way to pinpoint the amount and source of CO2 in the atmosphere is to have a giant CO2 meter in the sky right next to the giant gun-sucking magnet that we read when it says just measured 400 pounds of CO2 from Rookie's Barbecue. (laughs) Keep pushing back on these frauds. Proud member of the Royal Order of 21sters, Mike in Duluth. Mm. All right. One more. 
Bill Deal used to call this cleaning off the spindle. The spindle. <laughs> that's the uh, spike. That's right. Listening to the Monday 617 podcast, starting about 10 minutes in, I found myself confused because you kept referring to boathouses, and I assumed that you were talking about houses or buildings on lakeshores that harbor boats, which has been a subject of the program before. I finally realized you were discussing houseboats, which are floating houses that people actually live on or in. Please correct your listdexia for the benefit of your LTLs. What's an LTL? I don't know. Long-time oh. listeners. Oh, we're not as young and sharp as we used to be, Bill Loftus. No, I wasn't. I didn't have dyslexia. They're 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 both. That that community in Winona is both uh, houses built on along the river, right. and also probably some floating houses. Yep. We, I think we covered that too, didn't we? I thought we did. Yeah, I thought we did. I thought we did. I thought we did. Stacy, the GL geologist. What's she chiming in with? 6.4, west coast of Japan, Ooh. tsunami uh, warning issued. Mother is rumbling. 6.4 near the west coast of Honshu, Japan. Uh, and tsunami, I haven't heard anything bad, but tsunamis, uh, tsunami forecast is, is, uh, is on the way there. <clears throat> I came across some stuff today that really has me puzzled about the state of the world and the state of information gathering. Which one do you want first? <laughs> Trash or bees? Bees. Let's go with the bee story. That, bees are uh, key. That's, that's yeah. fascinating. And the state just named a, uh, a, an official state bee, so it's timely. Mm-hmm. Well, on the, uh, it's, it's the play story on the uh, local cover of today's Minneapolis Star Tribune. It's a column by somebody named Jennifer Brooks. And she's writing about the rescue of a massive swarm of bees clinging to some scrubby branch high above the uh, uh, Hennepin County Government Center. Right. And chunks of honeycomb were tumbling down onto the south plaza of the Hennepin County Government Center as the swarm tried to set up housekeeping in the brittle branches of a sumac tree beside 3rd Avenue South. That's when a lone figure swaddled in beekeeper's white rolled to the rescue in the back of a boom truck. I'm trying to safely remove the hive so we can relocate it so it doesn't fall on anyone's head, said Misty Hoffman. She's an interior decorator for the county by day Hmm. and an amateur beekeeper also by day. It's swarm season in Minnesota when honeybees fan out in search of new homes. As the truck hoisted Hoffman high in the air, she reached out with her improvised honeybee moving van, a cardboard box taped to a long pole. Ding, ding. Yeah, but it it works. It works. But I suppose there really isn't a tool for this. And the the pole is expandable. It looks Mm -hmm. like a a former flagpole, actually, Mm -hmm. one of those expandable poles. Carefully, she positioned the box under the swarm and poked the bees. Bees tumbled into the box, buzzing indignantly. Hoffman descended with her prize and poured the bees into the hive she'd brought from home. There was only one bee she really needed to get out of the tree. That would be the queen. Mama. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, if she could get the queen into the hive box, the rest of the colony would follow. She had a backyard apiary that would, let me turn the page, uh, that would make a much more comfortable home for all 30,000 of wow. these bees. Hmm. Again and again, she made the trip up the tree. Uh, when there were uh, more bees in the hive than in the sumac, she knew she'd captured the queen. Once rescued the hive, she slipped her 
buzzing cargo into the trunk of her car, drove an hour east to Roberts, Wisconsin, and settled the bees into their new home. She didn't get a bee sting. Honeybees are amazing, and they're gentle, said Hoffman, who took up beekeeping three years ago, and we need them. I, I'm pro-bee. I'm yeah. pro-bee. Uh, uh, then it goes on to say, uh, we could start by, uh, you know, then we go into, we get the admonishment from the colonists, you know, don't spray pesticides all over the flowers. Uh, pollinator populations are cratering so fast that Minnesota will pay you to plant pollinator-friendly, pesticide-free flowers in your yard. Speaking of bee-friendly, Hoffman reports that downtown bees are settling into their new home over the border. It was really fun, Hoffman said. I'm a huge bee nerd. I love them. All right. I had a couple questions. Sure. How can you find fault with anything there? Well, one reason, Kenny, is... Uh, I thought that, that story made me feel good that's all a, over. Yeah, that's fine, Kenny. But I'm probably not the only time this week. <laughs> I'm not done. <laughs> Well, first of all, I was somewhat surprised to learn that the taxpayers are on the hook for an interior decorator who apparently has such a casual work situation that she can not only suit up in her hazmat suit and go out and rescue the bees, but then just say, oh, the hell with it, I'm going to go home, where home is Roberts, Wisconsin, right. an hour away, right? So she buys the couches and stuff for this government I guess, office. And that I guess. One. We Got tried it. to reach her. We can't find can't her. Can't find her. But the other thing, that uh, Kenny, is that as uh, recently as May 30th, we discovered that uh, in the state's uh, uh, omnibus environment bill is a law that provides $900,000 to homeowners to create bee habitats on their lawns. Well, that's just downright stupid. Well, well so I'm confused. The bees apparently don't give a bleep where they live. Right. This is, uh, these were bees attempting to live virtually in the salon. They were right there at the government center. And we took up in a, a scrawny tree, but we're supposed to spend nine hundred grand to let weeds grow in our yard. And we took them to another state. Yeah, right. <laughs> I wonder what their travel time is. Do they travel far? Yeah, they do. Matt, she took them there in a car. No, 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 no. I don't mean that. Like they followed. Her. I mean, do they? Does a Rob be in Roberts, Wisconsin, yeah. come to Minneapolis, St. Paul to oh. pollinate? I doubt it. it no, it, but it just it, happens to be where she lives and has a. Those bee things in her yard. But in the spring, the, but, the bees go where the queen goes, and who knows where the queen goes. Right, but my, my point and is... And you could be, your lawn, you could have a, a swarm of bees living in a tree that just show up one day, and you'll look up and you'll have five bazillion okay. bees. But if, then why are we spending 900 grand? I agree, Joe. I'm not, you, you got bees that decided, well, hell, this is fine. I'm going to live right, hey, here, right here, right above right, Third right Street. See that branch? Well, I, which is it? The, we're all pro B, but which is it? Why are we spending nine hundred grand to give people money to grow weeds in their yard? Because they think they're helping it, and they think they're they're giving them the environment, to, you know, to do their thing. But you're right; they're going to do their thing wherever they are. Well, but, this would suggest to me that bees are are healthier than we're led to believe. I believe there's a shortage, isn't is there? There not? was. I, I think we had some kind of issue a few years ago where they were dying off. Uh, in yeah, when we had the honey queen. She said they're they're making a comeback, but there was a time when we lost a lot of bees. But my that's what my point is. If she takes them to Roberts, Wisconsin, and they're so important, you're not getting that act bee action here in the Twin Cities. Sweet bee action. No, there's your your <laughs> thinking is extraordinarily faulty. Who gives a rat's ass where they are? They're well, we need them everywhere. You still have a net thirty thousand to the good. Doesn't make any difference where they are. 
maybe, maybe, uh, maybe I, I didn't uh, keep this simple enough. Yeah. I'm just saying that on May 30th, we were all a little surprised here to learn that the legislature has set aside 900 grand mm-hmm. to slip you a few bucks, apparently, to plant the correct stuff in your yard. And you can apply and get, I don't know right. how it works. Remember we went through? Yeah, I remember. Uh, does it say how you get it? We have to apply and, for And it. then, so I was, I think with some justification, I was surprised to discover uh, that this particular swarm of 30,000 bees didn't really care that your uh, lawn was uh, suitable for them. They just camped out in a little sumac tree above 3rd Street in downtown Minneapolis. You know where they came from? The river. Up from the river. From the river. Right. <laughs> All creatures come up from the river. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that was my only point. That and my somewhat surprise that taxpayers are on the hook for an interior decorator at Hennepin County. Right. I sure, For all I know, she's Cracker Jack interior decorator. The best. Maybe the best. Yeah. I don't know. Office buildings and stuff, they're not really, they don't really do much, do they? They're not really fancy. Well. They're pretty. What an interior decorator also suggests is that you're paying more than you should for public property, public office space. You know, I'm sure we have to have ergomanic chairs and right. uh, artwork saying, on the right? wall. Boy, this, this story just went south because of you idiots. <laughs> I've read it a number of times, and I've had a long, happy association with bees. Uh, we have bees on our property. We have a beekeeper that brings the boxes in every year. Uh, I don't. We agree with the fact that the taxpayers being on the hook—that's a stupid idea. Are you coming out and as pro Joe? Bee? I hate hippie yards. I like a green, lush grass, and if I have to kill the dandelions, I will. Now, there's an argument to be made that you shouldn't kill your dandelions because the bees love them. I don't care. I go, live in the city. I'm I, not having dandelions. Go to yard. my neighbor's yard. I don't see your accusation of calling us dumbbells I, I, being no, I, I am going to because I'm going to try one more time. <laughs> okay. Maybe we're too dumb to understand right, why, we're, why we're dumb. We don't understand. <laughs> we're so if, dumb. If bees, if bees are comfortable living in, a, in an extraordinary urban setting, mm-hmm. Why did the legislature feel it necessary to come up with nine hundred grand to make your yard more palatable? To Everybody them? here agrees with All that. Right. That's it. Then let's yeah. end. Oh yeah. Let's... I don't want to hear another word. No. Uh, uh, I've got a uh, lot of bee stories uh, from the country. I don't want any. Bee I stories. do have a bee question. I'm also pro bee. Thanks for helping me out. Ken. How much bigger well, I, is the know. is the queen than the, your not, average bee? Not bigger. Well, okay. Then that here's my question. How do you know which one's the queen? She's fancy. She, they know. That's what's important. But if she has a crown, she has a crown. She has ruby slippers. Such sunflower uh, growers will hire beekeepers to bring in a box and set them next to their field for a couple of weeks, so their so their fields get pollinated. I, you in know. fact, uh, I have an orchard uh, at my farm, and <laughs> look at Such has yeah, got his head down. He's, got got down. Uh, he's checking out. And the the nearby bee boxes we have always pollinate my orchard. Well, Isn't that nice? And I don't spray my dandelions up north. I do here in Minneapolis. There's also a fine Tom Petty song that says, What's Come on now, give me some sugar, little honeybee. Does that relate anyway to your story, Don't be afraid, I won't hurt you. I wouldn't hurt my little honeybee. That's a great song. Yeah. What's I, the name I don't of it? sing it like Tom, unfortunately. Honeybee. Honeybee. We're having a six o'clock meeting tonight. No! <laughs>
Didn't would, Dodge have a honey? What was that? Uh, we haven't had one of those. What in was a that long Plymouth time. car? Uh, the the uh, honeybee. It was a honeybee. Yeah. yeah. Had the little th- picture of the bee on the yeah. back. How about Bumblebee from Transformers? That's my kid's new favorite toy. All the I read the comments in the Star Tribune story. Oh, was, was, are they was, better by than the ours? Way, by the way, it was a fine column. I'm not I'm not indicting Jennifer Brooks. I don't know her. She wrote a nice column about the rescue of some bees. All the it, with the exception of maybe two. All of the comments were, "Oh, what a great story! This is so sweet. This is wonderful. I'm so happy. We need bees. I'm in agreement with that." Not one of them ha- apparently had it occur to them, a. Why in the hell am I paying for an interior decorator right. who apparently has enough time to just say, oh, the hell, I'm well, going home with my bees. You're, right? Your thinking's flawed there. And two, and two, <laughs> did it occur to anybody that, why then on May 30th did we learn that the state has set aside 900 grand for your yard to be more agreeable to bees? Your they thought, don't care where they live. You're right on on that one, but we, we've got to hire somebody. To do what? To grab the queen bee and move them the hell out of there. Well, then why doesn't she work for Hennepin County as a beekeeper? Because it's a part-time gig. So must interior decorating be. That's why we wanted to reach her. I don't understand why you're so upset about that. That that doesn't make sense. Listen, you lefty communist Marxist. <laughs> right. What's up, Bernie Sanders wow. guy? Apparently it's all right wow. with you. It's apparently it's all right with you that counties employ interior decorators. Oh, you're upset about that? Yes. Oh, okay. Get some money well, in the bucket for this moron. Scan. We're going to scan Penny here. I thought you were upset because she's an interior decorator and she's also a beekeeper. Well, who the hell cares what she, what she does? I don't care that she's an interior decorator. I care that she's an interior decorator employed by the public. I think you should Get do... your own damn... Go to a garage sale and buy a painting and hang it on a wall. <laughs> wow. Go to Goodwill. Are there king bees? Was this that confusing? There are songs. There are songs about king bees. There's got to be a king if there's a queen. Rolling Stones. I'm a king bee. It's an old Muddy Waters song. (laughs) Buzzing around your hive. (laughs) I think if we keep this up, he's going to kick us all out. Send us home, Joe. I'm a king bee. I want you to be my queen. (laughs) Getting into the 80s coming up. Here we go. Swimming holes, getting ready. Kids are going to be diving off the dock and jumping off the pontoon boat and swinging back, swimming back to shore. And they don't want to get tangled up in milfoil and weeds and all that algae no. and crap. Go to Aquaside. They'll help you take care of your uh, beach. They've been keeping beaches weed-free and algae-free for more than 60 years with absolutely safe products that are registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, the lake, and the fish. And the bees. And the bees. Bees aren't bothered by these things. These are pellets. You can fan them out there, and the next thing you know, you got no weeds. You can see the bottom of the lake. You can see the sunfish swimming around in the minnows, and you can see the nice sandy uh, uh, bottom to the water, and the water's clear because aquaside pellets are easy to use and they do the trick and they begin working right away you don't need a permit chipping is free it's the best it's the best weed control product in lake country think of how great your fourth of july swimming will be with the weeds mm-hmm. long mm-hmm. and gone such i ended up uh, i'm not done i follow no, no, this has to do with the uh, aquaside because yeah. i, I uh, fell down a rabbit hole last night researching pond weeds and then uh, on another window i had the aquaside uh, account open it's amazing the different varieties of weeds that Aquaside takes care of. They have a pellet for just about every nice. rotten weed out there. And my problem is the clasping leaf pond weed. 
And Aquaside's got a product for well, it. Well, plus that's why they counsel with you. They'll identify the weed problem and steer you to the right and product. And that's a cool thing about their website. Yeah. They have a, a whole section that identifies weeds. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350, 1-800-328-9350, or go to Aquaside.com. Now we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And I'm going <laughs> to... No, and I'm going to break everyone's neck. Right <laughs> Ow! It's officially cigar season here in Minnesota. Whether you're fishing, golfing, sitting around the fire, or just hanging out in the garage, there's nothing like a good cigar. And Sodi's Cigar and Pipe in Stillwater is the place to get them. Go to Sodi's to buy your cigars, and it's more than just a purchase. It's an experience. It's a beautiful shop with a huge humidor stocked with a wide variety of cigars. But the best part is the smoking lounge. It's separated from the purchasing area and has a state-of-the-art ventilation system. So you can go in, smoke a cigar, and walk out without carrying the smell with you. The guy Guys at Sodi's Cigar and Pipe have the knowledge to pick out exactly what's right for you. Even if you're a novice picking out something for a bachelor party or a wedding, maybe you're a bit more experienced. In that case, you should look into joining Sodi's Club, a special membership where you receive a personal cigar locker in the store and a 15% discount on all merchandise. Located right off of Highway 36 on Osgood Avenue in Stillwater. It's the last light before you head over the bridge. Hang a right on Osgood and you'll see Sodi's Cigar and Pipe immediately on your right. Also find them at Sodi'sCigars.com. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. We uh, will get to it now. I maybe should have gotten to it earlier, but the Navy launched a new ship over in Marinette, Wisconsin. The USS Minneapolis St. Paul. Yeah. This video is so cool. It's we the have, neatest thing. We have a wedio. A wedio? <laughs> we have a video <laughs> on our website of the launch of this ship. And on they, the uh, GL Facebook page. I, I didn't know where it was. Yes. Yeah, it was launched Saturday from the uh, Marinette Marine Shipyard in Marinette, Wisconsin. It's the second naval vessel with a spectacular name, the other a submarine last in service in 08. Launched into the Menominee River, the USS Minneapolis-St. Paul will go through sea trials before being officially commissioned and ready for active service. The ship's home base will be in Mayport, Florida. It's a Freedom-class combat ship built by Lockheed Martin. Uh, The ship was christened by Deputy Undersecretary of the Navy Jody Green, a native of Northfield, Minnesota. U.S. Rep. Betty McCollum of Minnesota uh, was scheduled to give the ceremonial address. Uh... The USS Minneapolis-St. Paul was named by the Secretary of the Navy. The name honors the commitment Minnesota has had to the Navy and Minnesotans' years of service. Uh, I want to give you some facts about this ship. Did this come up the other... No, this came up the other day with uh, outside the show. Uh, the, the boat was side-launched. That's because the Menominee River is not wide enough for a length launch where the ship goes in hull first. The side-launch takes about seven seconds with a big splash in a ship that then <laughs> sways back and forth until steady. The technology of aligning this so-called side-launch yeah. must have been incredible. Yeah. It's just extraordinary. I bet there were still some very nervous uh, guys and gals watching that thing drop in The there. beam or width of the ship at its widest point is 57 feet. It's 300 187 feet long. The full load displacement weight or the weight of the vessel, including passengers, cargo, and fuel, is approximately 3,400 metric 
tons. It can reach a speed greater than 45 knots, approximately 52 miles an hour. Wow. In comparison, the average passenger ship cruises at about 20 knots. Uh, The warship has a core self-defense suite with a variety of weapons and battle defense systems. There will be a 3D air search radar, lightweight rolling airframe missiles, a medium caliber 57-millimeter MK-110 deck gun and decoy launching system. It can accommodate 98 sailors on board. There will be 50 crew, uh, core crew members on board after the ship finishes testing. The model of the vessel, a literal combat ship 21, is the fastest combat ship in the Navy. It's designed for shallow water missions and nearshore combat. The ship moves forward with, forward with a diesel and gas turbine and a steerable water jet created with flexible, resilient materials. It has a helicopter pad. And uh, the economic impact of the ship reached into 42 states and supported 12,500 jobs. 25 of the suppliers are based in Minnesota. Wow. And go to, uh, go to the uh, Garage Logic Facebook page yep. if you've missed the video of this launching. What's neat is the arms of the, uh, the device to put this out there. They, they almost fling it into the water, which yeah. I thought they would extend and then lower it. But Here's what's not neat. Oh. <laughs> the deputy communications director for oh, the yeah. Minnesota Democratic Farmer Labor Party came under fire Sunday after he called the newly christened USS Minneapolis-St. Paul a murder boat oh, on Twitter. What the hell? William Davis deleted the tweet after coming under criticism from a number of quarters, including elected officials, one of whom has a son in the Navy and at least one veteran to whom he apologized. I have nothing but respect for all the soldiers of our country, including no. the Navy, which my no, grandpa no. and five uncles served. You don't. Served. You liar. No, you're a liar, you Davis. Jackass. You're a liar, Davis. It should go without saying that I was talking about a weapon of war that we continue pumping billions of dollars in manpower into. You, you offer a distinction wow. with no difference, Davis. He deleted the tweet. The tweet that set off the storm was Sunday in response to a tweet by a TV reporter showing a video of the warship's dramatic Saturday launch, which we are now featuring on the Facebook page. In reply, Davis tweeted, Actually, I think it's gross that they're using the name of our fine cities for a murder boat. Hey, bleep you, Davis. Yeah. And he'll suffer no consequences. This is your DFL party, people. He was also the one that uh, around the election last year. I'm getting there. Uh, State Representative Jim Nash, Republican Waconia, who was at the launch and has a son currently deployed in the Navy, took issue with those words. I was offended, and so was my son. Nash said, uh, we can disagree on a lot of things, but the very fact that we're able to disagree in a free country is because of the men and women in our armed forces. The fact that he called this new ship a murder boat says to any active duty members and veterans that they are murderers. Were all the ships in World War II, Davis, were those, were those, you'd be speaking German, you moron. Right. Were they murder boats, you fool? How do people like that get elected? Well, and why does he get to keep his job? This isn't his first time. After after the election... Just a minute. Deep breath, Joe. Uh, In October, the DFL party suspended Davis after he wrote on Facebook that Republicans should be brought to the guillotines after election day. What? This this is a this is the kind this is your party, people. I hope you love it. How does he keep his job? I don't know. How do you who votes for for an ass? uh, He's not it's not an elected uh, position. He's a deputy communications director for the Minnesota DFL. Well, then you're right. He needs to be fired Mm -hmm. with extreme prejudice. They They slap him on the hand and say, "Oh, David." William, whatever the hell. What a, 
when can we have a podcast where I can use the words I want to Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Get it out of your system. That's the double secret podcast. not going to get out of my system. May I? He's a word. He's the P word extreme. Oh, yeah. The P word extreme. The definition. I think I just called him that. I hope so. No, he's talking about the other one. Oh. I'm talking about a different one. Okay. He's both of them. <laughs> yes, he is that. <laughs> He's a turd. There you go. You know, by his logic, and he's it's fair to examine his logic because yeah. of his position in the DFL party. By his logic, you would build no weapons. You would be defenseless by his logic. And what, by his logic, you would make the assumption that all of the uh, artifacts of warfare, all of the artifacts of the military, are not worthy because they're merely well, murderous he's, weapons. He's a cuckold. He wants the country to be overrun by evil mm-hmm. because that's what would happen. Mm-hmm. And 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 then he gets away with this BS apology. Well, you you can't have it both ways, Davis. But how can you how can you dislike or how can you have so much anger in your heart? That you, you, this is a new boat. It's an honor to be named after Minneapolis St. Paul. It's going to well, defend. But, but here's where the guy is, is hoisted on his own petard. He's not clever enough to understand the irony of his own apologetic tweet. I have nothing but respect for all the soldiers of our country, including the Navy, which my grandpa and five uncles served. It should go without saying that I was talking about a weapon of war that we continue pumping billions of dollars and a manpower into. No, it doesn't go without saying. <laughs> It didn't go without saying, it's you the fool, opposite of what he said. you fool, if you didn't build these boats, you would have no soldiers for you to claim you have respect of. What's his first name? Right. William. William. What a, what a panda. There are representatives, though, that are calling for him to be. Well, even the governor weighed in. Yeah. I think he's on Twitter as Vil- Wilhelm. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not joking. Is William, but he's on it. W I L H E L M. You can't have it both ways, William Davis. You can't have respect for the soldiers of our country, including the Navy, and then condemn the building of the very uh, vessels that they need in order to protect the country. You're a hypocrite, and you are words none of us can say, and we'd all <laughs> love to meet you in a dark alley. <laughs> oh, God Almighty. You got a hell of a party, you Dems. You really do. You just have a hell of a party, and none of you have the balls to fire this turd. None of you. He'll keep his job for mm-hmm. as long as he wants. Absolutely. It. Why? Why are and, they... and if he's this contradictory in his own apology, how can he? How can he serve you well as a communications director? Exactly. He can't communicate. That would be job requirement number one. This guy has one job. He's a communication. He can't communicate. He can't communicate. Don't throw that away. There you go, I'll Kenny. I'll you can have that. that. Sure. I need something else to be angry about. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, if you want to see the glorious launch of this uh, ship, you uh, you go to the Facebook page. It's the 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 math that must have gone into that. Oh my is goodness! Extraordinary. <laughs> but you fully expect it to tip over, and it it, it doesn't. It's so perfectly thrown into the water. Mm-hmm. It's you know what it is? It's handed to the water. Yes, it is. It's handed. Yes. By these metal arms. Well, there's about hand this vessel them. to the water, yeah. to the Marinette River. It's really cool. And not to mention, this guy's ripping the fact that it employed twelve thousand people. Right. Uh what? 
dozen suppliers in Minnesota. It's named after the Twin Cities. And he's too stupid to understand that he can't get away with apologizing and says he has respect for the men and women of the armed services. What are they supposed to use when they're in the armed services? Should they ride around on their yellow bikes, you fruitcake? Or an Alumacraft? <laughs> yeah. Little inflatable duck boat? <laughs> what a jerk. Just a, It's just so disappointing. Just so disappointing to realize who's out there. Okay, but uh, let's let's find a silver lining with the pushback that at least he was taken to task. It wasn't left unchecked and unnoticed. This he, guy should be taken to task by saying, "See you later." He shouldn't be let Clean go. out your desk. Yeah. Get put your I, crap I, in a cardboard box and get the hell out of here. I think he might have deleted his Twitter account. Yeah, I can't. Find I can't it. find it. He either. deleted his Twitter account. Well, he should. He's a coward. He's a coward. Imagine the crowd he's playing to. He's just playing to that knot of salon dwellers. What What would they have us do when evil lands on our shores? Well, this I, guy that, be the first guy to run and hide. He'd run out there with his white flag, and they'd immediately chop his head right. off. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. How damn dumb can you be? He's pretty dumb. He's pretty dumb. Oh, this is fantastic. Yeah, he deleted his account. Not fantastic. Terrible. It's absolutely terrible. <laughs> One of the worst things I've made. Can we have a Johnny High newscast? Oh, sure. The Earth is not your mother. The Joe Suchere Show. You know, for some time I've talked to you about RF Moeller Jeweler being the best place to buy your watches, jewelry, wedding rings, engagement rings, diamonds. And I've also told you it's the best place to have your jewelry and watches serviced. But I have I told you enough that RF Moeller Jeweler is the best place to sell your vintage watches, jewelry, diamonds, and colored gemstones? That's right. You sell, they buy. They've been doing this for uh, more than 40 years. They are the experts, experts buying pre-owned diamonds, gemstones, estate, and antique jewelry in vintage watches because their customers have an insatiable appetite for all things pre-owned, and they're always looking for diamonds, watches, and jewelry to fill that need. Give the folks at Mullers an opportunity to show you that they are not only the best place to buy your watches and find jewelry, but the best place to sell your pre-owned watches and jewelry. RF Moeller Jeweler, 50th in France in Edina. That's the uh, flagship started by Dad Moeller what, more than 66, seven years ago. Ford in Cleveland, that's at Ford in Cleveland in St. Paul. 50th in France in Edina. Gavaday Common in downtown Minneapolis or online at rfmoller.com. Here is the guitar-playing newsman, John Height. Thank you, Joe. And there can only be one lead story today. The Minnesota State Fair has announced <laughs> there'll be 31 new foods. I ain't touching that story. Seven I ain't new, touching that story. Seven new food vendors at the great Minnesota get Clam chowder popsicles. Let's do it. <laughs> on a stick. <laughs> uh, I don't have all of them, but I did. Uh, you know some, why you some, don't? Why? They'll leak them out. Oh, but, yeah. uh, some were, no, they, they released them all, but some are kind of boring. So yeah. I just picked a couple of the, the interesting I've ones. I've got my top three. Do you already? Yes. All right. yes. You, you go if, ahead, though. See if I picked okay. them out. If not, okay. you, you talk about yep. them then. Uh, start so with, you read that story, didn't yes, you? Yes, I did read that story. Yeah. That's the first one I read, actually. I'm sure. Start with the Badabing Sandwich, an Italian-inspired warm flatbread. Is that named for Lake Calhoun? Uh, no, that's named uh, for the Badabing Club, I think, in Bada-bing the Sopranos. Hey. 
Ham, salami, melted mozzarella, tomatoes, fresh basil, and creamy balsamic vinaigrette dressing oh, on warm my flatbread. God. Isn't the Bada Bing a strip club? Yes. Yeah. On Sprouts. Not very... Watch, watch. There'll be a backlash. Yeah. There'll be a backlash. Oh, family. Oh, oh no. Yep. How could you name something at a family-oriented event after a... Yeah, why not? Palace the, of Pultritude. Are, are they going to have a, a <laughs> TNA burger? Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything called the pole? <laughs> not yet. How about the lady part sandwich? Oh, wow. Well, anyway, good on, night, no. everybody. Okay. No, <laughs> well, I don't know. The breakfast potato skin. Oh, poop. A yes. Poop. That's my number oh, one. Poop. Yeah. Deep, oh, this, this sounds great, though. Seriously. It's done by the Blue deep, Barn. Deep fried potato skin stuffed with yep. scrambled eggs and peppers Ooh. topped with blackened beef chislic. I had to find out what that was. What I had to look it? it up. It's uh, basically little pieces of, of beef that are, are seasoned. charred. Yeah, seasoned uh, and charred. I have a question about this item. Yes. Is it available all day? Blue Barn will make it available all day. Okay. I There's stuff think, like yeah. Lulu's. Because yeah, the, the fair has great breakfast food, but you can't get it after 10 o'clock. Yeah. The deep fried dilly dog. Yeah. yeah. A pickle stuffed with bratwurst, dipped in batter, and mm. deep fried. Mm. These things get more and more complicated every year. <laughs> Duck drummies. Which are, of course, duck wings coated in batter mm -hmm. and seasoning blend, deep fried and served with Giggle's own tequila lime dipping sauce. Oh, boy. You're not a wing guy, are you? Really. No, and a duck wing, it's its the size of your... It's, it's, yeah, I'm not. it's a nibbler. <laughs> it's maybe maybe yours. Be, might maybe be the, the size, size of yours. yours. Yeah. <laughs> Put together. You idiots have never seen a duck wing. I'm, I haven't, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. We had... No, we had morning dove. That's what we had. I've wrapped in bacon. Oh, so I didn't care. I used to watch Ducktales duck all the time as a kid. Yeah. The grilled soda sandwich, like Minnesota soda, S-O-T-A, mm -hmm. cinnamon nut butter, Minnesota blueberry marmalade served on an Irish soda bread. I wish the audience could see the mayor's face. Oh, I do too, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Can this I get a bleep? You know what? I want a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Can I get one yes. of those? Be like Sourdough yes. Slim and bring your own. Yep, that's that's right. what he did. That's right. Kenny, if you're looking for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, shut you, up, Matthew. You are going to go to the Brim Grilled. Uh, you know what? Why don't you send me a tweet telling me I'm doing it wrong? Okay. <laughs> you know this. You know what's perfect about this? What? There's uh, nothing perfect. Yeah, well, about Chris, this. Chris had tweeted that he'd make sure the story was in the news, and I had already uh, chosen it. So I just tweeted back that it's my lead story to annoy uh, at Joe Souchere and for the amusement of. At GL rookie or rookie GL, so originally uh, and and it's all worked out yeah, perfectly. Yeah, perfect. Uh, no, no, girl, no, no, Let me no. see your copy. CI girl charity, by the way, the one that made sure that Here's it was out there on social media. There it is, Joe. Kenny, Kenny threw away the We're rest done. of my story. Next story. I uh, yeah. Okay, so here we go. Blue Barn. That was rated number one. There you go, Rock. Yep. Uh, the Jammin' Brisket <laughs> Grilled Cheese. Is this yeah. Power Rankings? Which one yeah, is this is power. the... Well, let, me, let me get the description. Cool. This is RC's Barbecue. I don't know who they are. I'm sorry if you're listening in Europe or... Wherever <laughs> else you might be. Why, why am I not on the air? Kenny turned everybody's Kenny mics turned off. Oh. Hello. I apologize if you're listening in Europe or Slow smoke brisket, red onion jam, cheddar and pepper jack cheeses, and RC's hot barbecue I think sauce. Joe's, Joe's leaving, I think. I don't oh, believe I it. It looks good. I, you know. And hey, then guys, done? It's right around the corner. Three. State Fair. It is. Matt, is, you're done, Matt. Is the Mancini's offering. Well, I, got, I, 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 got the, I had three. the Mancini's on the thing that 
Kenny took and crushed for me. That is the no bologna coney. No bologna coney, right? Mortadella pork sausage flavored with pistachios and Mancini's pepper blend, served on a buttered and toasted split top bun with topped with mild muffaletta olive and pepper salad. Go. That sounds pretty good too. Now, no more. Now just be- no more. Just because you don't like say? it doesn't mean it's not news. Oh, it's, it's lousy podcast. It's on the front page of the paper. <laughs> Everybody in the state of Minnesota wants to know what the new foods are. Not really, and, man. Uh, it's not. Not really. you. No. Now, well, not I know, everybody but, is but you. But I'm the mayor. Yeah, but not that's, everybody is you. I think your line you is, it's commie. my show. That's right. It's it's your show. We're I done with the food say. talk. You know why? You know damn well they'll release another list of foods next week. I know. I'll, I'll have them. I know. <laughs> and Kenny, that wasn't really the best <laughs> the best ever of somebody stealing my news because Mishki once lit my news on fire while I was reading it. That yeah. was much better. So In the studio? I've got a No, we were actually we're out at the fair. I was reading at the fair, and he lit the bottom, and I had to... Kenny's got his lighter out. Kenny's got his lighter out. Uh, the uh, moving on to news now. It's going to be even more hilarious when the sprinkler system goes off in here because of that. Would you everybody be quiet so he could do the damn news? Hey, that's the news. Thank you, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> the Hennepin County Attorney's Office is not filing charges against a pair of University of Minnesota wrestlers accused of criminal sexual con- uh, misconduct. Gable Stevenson and Dylan Martinez were arrested Saturday night by police, but a release from the county attorney's office said after reviewing the allegations, a determination was uh, made that no charges can be brought at this time. The release does stress the investigation remains active and prosecutors will continue to work with Minneapolis police investigators to review any new evidence that comes in over the next 90 days. In the meantime, Stevenson and Martinez, uh, both listed on the Hennepin County jail roster, have been released. Well, what are we to conclude from that? Uh, Their reputations have taken quite a hit if they're not wrong, if they're not guilty of anything. Yes, I I don't know what we should conclude from that. President Trump is threatening to remove millions of people living in the country illegally on the eve of formally announcing his re-election bid. In a pair of tweets Monday night, the president said U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement would next week begin the process of removing the millions of illegal aliens who have illicitly found their way into the U.S. He wrote they'll be removed as fast as they came in. An administration official said the effort would focus on the more than one million people who have been issued deportation orders by federal judges but are still in the country. Immigration was a central theme of the president's 2016 campaign. He's expected to make it an issue again. Trump will formally announce his re-election bid Tuesday night at a rally in Orlando, Florida, a state that's crucial if he is to remain president after the 2020 election. Paul Manafort, President Trump's former campaign chairman who's serving a federal prison sentence, had been expected to be transferred to the notorious Rikers Island jail complex this month to await trial on a separate state case. But last week, Manhattan prosecutors say they were a bit surprised to get a letter from the second highest law enforcement official in the country inquiring about Mr. Manafort's case. The letter came from Jeffrey Rosen. William Barr's new top deputy indicated he was monitoring where Manafort would be held in New York. Then on Monday, federal prison officials weighed in, telling the Manhattan District Attorney's Office that Manafort would not be going to Rikers. Instead, he'll await his trial at a federal lockup in Manhattan or at a Pennsylvania federal prison where he's serving his seven-and-a-half-year sentence. The intervention of Mr. Rosen, just the latest twist in the case of Manafort, whose campaign worked for Donald Trump and Political consulting in Ukraine put him in the crosshairs of a two-year investigation of the 2016 election. Good to have friends in high places, isn't it, it, it is. <laughs> Yes, it is. Dominican authorities on Monday now say they've identified the man they think paid hitmen, what was it, 7800 bucks. I think it was 7800 bucks To try and kill David Ortiz, adding that they were closing in on the mastermind and the motive behind the shooting 
of Ortiz, who's recovering at a hospital in Boston. The man was identified as Alberto Miguel Rodriguez Mota, who authorities say is a fugitive. The announcement was made as a judge held a hearing closed to the public for another suspect uh, that we know only by his nickname of Bone. Officials wouldn't release any more details, but according to court documents obtained by the Associated Press, the man's real name is Gabriel Vizcayano. He's accused of being the liaison between the alleged hitman and the person who paid Wasn't them. that your show business nickname when you were in the bananas, Joe? Bone? And they go, Bone. Yeah. Bone back there on the skins. Right. I'm more uh, intrigued of the Dominican Republic news of why so many Americans are dying there. Yes. Yeah, nine, are we're up dying. to nine? It's unsettling, yes. Nine, I believe. Nine. We're up to nine. And they're bleeding from their eyeballs, and they're uh, having urination problems. And what? It's just what the hell's going on? Why is it just Americans? Or maybe know. in France they're writing about the ten French people who've died. I don't know. Yeah. It's a strange story either mm-hmm. way. A passenger at Newark Liberty International Airport tried to bring six smoke grenades through the airport security checkpoint. <laughs> sure, Sunday why not? Oh, be- before boarding flight to the Dominican Republic, according to TSA officials. Uh, screeners, though, spotted the smoke grenades tucked inside bubble wrap when reviewing the x-ray of the carry-on bag. Smoke grenades are not illegal. He was also hired to get Big Poppy. He was just late. <laughs> <laughs> smoke grenades are not illegal, and the man does not face any charges, but they are prohibited from being taken onto planes. Christopher Mergia, TSA's New Jersey Deputy Federal Security Director, said in a statement, if released, smoke would fill the cabin, cause panic among the passengers and crew, and possibly get into the cockpit. Passenger gave the smoke grenades to a friend who was at the airport but not traveling. He was then allowed through the security checkpoint to catch his flight to the Dominican Republic. I had one question when I read this story. Why didn't they find out why he had the smoke grenades? Or why don't we know? Because reporting isn't what it used to be. Why would you? That would be my first question. Yeah. What are you doing with these? Beer news. Do not serve your beer in frosty glasses. No. What? This is this is counterintuitive. Biggest reason not to use a frosty glass? Oh, wait, 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 wait. Let me guess. Let me guess. It kills the uh, ability Tenacity. of the beer. No, no, it, it does. It, it kills the ability of the beer to... Uh, there's a word for it. I can't think of it right now. It kills the flavors, basically, yeah. whatever causes the mm-hmm. flavors to emerge yep. when you open the can or bottle. You're supposed to, when you pour a craft beer... You're supposed to have a really thick amount of head on it. You want that in your And beard. aren't you supposed to drink through the head? Yes. In other words, you know what I mean. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. In right. your uh, brief history with consuming a, a beer or two <laughs> out of a frozen <laughs> mug, do you detect any disflavor? or no. Okay. But it stays flat when you pour it into a frozen mug. I Flatter. I well, have... and, and it's if as the story goes on to relate here, the better the beer the more you're going to destroy the flavor of the beer. So if you have a Miller Lite or something, feel free to use a Frosty Mug. Right. Because there's, there's, you no, can't ruin that. there's no complex <laughs> flavor anyway. Right. Uh, the fella here from the Blue Jacket Brewery says, uh, Frosty Mugs are the enemy of flavorful beers. He said, if it's served too cold, the volatile, maybe the word you were looking at, aromatics Thank you. of craft beer are held at bay. Uh, he also says if you drink a cheaper beer, a frozen glass is probably a good idea. He says macro beers are usually meant to be more cold and refreshing than they are flavorful, so the cold receptacle works. Uh, the ideal serving temp, by the way, for most beers is between 40 and 50 degrees. No, really? I want it colder than I that. I want it colder than I that. do, too. I want to get actually. a headache right here. Mm-hmm. Right, oh, here. right down the, the freeze middle. freeze headache? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. When you go colder than that, according to the experts, 
you start to change the flavor of the beer. A man, uh, another beer story, has successfully sued the beer company BrewDog after a bartender at one of its chains refused him a drink because it was marketed at females. This is in Great Britain now. Oh, God. 27-year-old Thomas Bauer sued for sex discrimination after he was told he could not buy a pink IPA at a bar in Cardiff, Wales, because... It sounds like this Bill Davis guy of the local DFL. Yeah. You know what? There's a picture of him in the story. Looks exactly really? like him. Got the really? beard. Yeah. 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 The beer was sold for four pounds, launched in 2018 to highlight the gender pay gap, and gave people who identified as female the chance to buy the drink at a discounted cost. It was satirically dubbed Beer for Girls, with BrewDog saying it had created Pink IPA as a way of exposing the sexist marketing techniques used to target women, particularly within the beer industry. Bauer, who is from Cardiff, said he was told that as he was a male, he can't order the drink. He'd have to have the company's Punk IPA, which costs one pound more. He said, after a bit of back and forth with me protesting, I felt forced to identify as a female. Then I was able to get the drink for four pounds. God, what a what a pain in the ass. So right. he, he said, if they would just apologize to me, I would not take them to court. Well, they, he's going to lose. They wouldn't. He already won. He won. That, that was the, the, the even I was paying oh, attention. My God. Yes, even Chris knew that. Can you see? See where you're at. District Judge Phillips said, in my judgment, it's clear that in this case, the claimant has been directly discriminated against by the defendant because of his sex. The fact that by identifying as female, he was still able to purchase a pink IPA makes no difference. The judge said, I accept what Bauer says, namely that identifying as female was the only way he could buy a pink IPA, even though he didn't want to identify. So did the beer company's uh, marketing ploy work or fail in this case? Um, I'm also not able to figure that probably out. Probably failed, huh? Anyway, it costs a thousand pounds in damages. For I the bar. don't, but I would be allowed to buy Bridgestone golf balls that say "lady" on them. Yeah, you know, uh, are they cheaper than regular golf balls? I don't know. I've never bought any. Was it? I, well, I keep the ones I find. Was his whole point? Was he just trying to save a dollar, or was he just being a pain in the ass? I think he was just being a pain in the ass. Although he, his thousand pounds, he did donate. To the Young Women's Trust. Does this jackass follow me on Twitter? I, he's I in, swear to God, he's, he's in sent, Cardiff, Wales. He, he sent me a tweet him. yesterday. I'm pretty sure he did. He's in Cardiff, Wales. <laughs> the next story I'm going to need some help with. Okay, I don't know if it's sweet. I don't know if it's sad. In other words, I, it's where do our sensibilities I, lie? Yeah, kind of. And he might even be a great living American. I don't. I don't know. You guys, let's hear it. Me. Okay, just minutes after fulfilling his wife's final wish, scattering her ashes in Stone Lake. Ralph Psyche Miata collapsed in the water and died. Oh, my word. Joining her first Jesus. into the lake. God, John. Joining her first. In... <laughs> what the hell? What? Oh, that's a, that's a uh, tough You're puzzled by this. Did, Did a joining... carp come up and then eat them whole? <laughs> joining her first into the lake and then into the afterlife. The couple, here's, see, here's the sweet part. They've All been right. married 64 years. Uh-huh. They yeah. lived most of those years in Laporte, where they enjoyed Stone Lake, part of the larger Pine Lake. Sure. There, Margie, his wife, logged many miles of swimming, enjoyed slalom water skiing, and loved the challenge of windsurfing. I'd move, but I just want to see the smile on his face. <laughs> Ralph was the proud captain of his own chartered boat, the Banzai. He loved to fish with Margie and their four children. His obituary said, to this day, he is a legend to the fishermen. The couple met in Chicago, tying the knot June 5th, 1955, lived in Illinois until 1965 when they moved to Indiana. 
2012, they moved to Florida. But obviously, their hearts never left LaPorte, Indiana, where they dropped anchor as a family. Uh, During World War II, Ralph's family had been housed at an internment camp in Arizona for Japanese-American citizens. Uh, Ralph had an even fiercer love for Margie than uh, he did for his country. He said, my parents' story is a beautiful bond of deep love that's written in the obituary. On April 21st of this year, Easter Day, Margie died while in hospice care. She was 87. Ralph knew what he had to do, spread the cremated ashes in her happy place at Stone Lake. On June 3rd, with her cremains in tow, (laughs) Ralph flew from Florida to South Bend, then drove to LaPorte. He had arranged to use the boat of old friends. John. Yeah. What's the next story? (laughs) I think this one is sad. Do you think it's sad? See, I can't decide. He was 88. I, I think it's a hell of a way to go. She was yeah. 87. Yeah. He was 88. Uh, 45 seconds, if I may, people. Yeah. yeah. One of my next door neighbors is a 90-year-old man suffering from Alzheimer's. And every single morning at 9 a.m., he knocks on my door and he asks me if I have seen his wife. Oh. Which means that every single morning, at 9 a.m., I have to explain to a 90-year-old man suffering from Alzheimer's that his wife has been dead for quite some time. Oh, now, I have thought about moving. I have thought about just not answering my door in the morning. But to be honest, it's worth it just to see the smile on his face. <laughs> That was fantastic. Oh, I didn't know he was going to go there. I know. It's well, we just played it the other day. Was Kenny gone? Yeah, was, Kenny wasn't here at that day. Fantastic. He didn't listen to the podcast, I guess. Anthony Jeselnik is the comedian, by the oh, way. Oh, yeah. He's very funny. Yeah, my kid has seen him. I live. watched a bunch of his stuff after we played that over the weekend. He is very funny. A little extra time, did you? A little bit. Okay. <laughs> Happy well, Father's Day. A woman in a wheelchair fired a taser at a McDonald's employee in Detroit <laughs> last week after complaining about poor service. She ordered her food at 5 p.m. After ordering, the customer pulled out a taser gun, pointed it at the cashier, saying she was rude and her order was taking too long. The taser luckily missed the employee, who was not injured, later insisted she was polite during the whole affair. When Wayne State University police got there, the customer was still outraged and began screaming at police officers. Police eventually calmed her down without further incident. Chief Anthony Holt said we confiscated her taser. A customer could be charged with felonious assault. That'll never happen at Groundhoppers. No. You'll never be disappointed in the service. No, no, no. I got a note from a guy who said, uh, you were asking Patrick what potato sausage was. Before my illustrious career as an environmental specialist, that is a garbage man, (laughs) in high school I worked in the butcher shop in my hometown of Kirkhoven, Minnesota. I remember making potato sausage. Simply put, it is exactly what it is named for. We took fresh pork, seasoning, potatoes, onions, and ground them together twice. Then the mixture was put into a sausage uh, stuffer and injected into sheep intestine casings, spun into six-inch links, and then packaged. I have never uh, been to Grunhofer's, mostly because driving through the metro is about as fun as a root canal without Novocaine. Uh, but I am going to make an effort to get there. Uh, I'm going to bite the bullet and make a run to Grunhofer's because you say that Grunhofer's is that good. I'm going to have to bite the bullet and check it out. I'm talking about Grunhofer's in Hugo, the north end of Hugo, right on Highway 61, right now featuring chicken brats, delicious Swedish potato sausage, chicken and beef kebabs, fully cooked ring sausage, 
kielbasa, andouille, ring bologna, blood sausage, and country sausage. Mm-hmm. But never forget the home of a 130 different pork brat flavors. These must be grilled. Do not boil these brats. You don't need to. All, all the meat you want, steaks, bacon, ham, cut however you want. It's mm-hmm. the meat capital of the United States. It's the meat capital of the United States, <laughs> if not the entire world. And and uh, Spencer Grunhofer is a professional meat cutter, and they'd love to see you. GLers have been meeting each other. There's a big GL sign on the electric uh, oh, yeah. sign outside. You see it right driving down Highway 61. People are taking pictures on Twitter. JWS, Mr. Steiner, sent a picture of all of the uh, different varieties of bratwurst. That uh, they have. I am. Offers. I'm going to be thinking about potato sausage all day. It does long. sound good, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, we have it every year for Christmas. It's fantastic. What is that? I, some kind of Swedish thing? Uh, yeah. Well, hence the name, Swedish potato sausage. Well, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I get it now. <laughs> Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats dot com. When we come back, boy, a story that's even more confusing to me than the uh, bees living in a tree in downtown Minneapolis. Okay, I'm, uh, I'm just going to come right out and say it. Put it all on the line right here and right now. DKMags.com, the best gun shop in the Twin Cities. I'm not the only one, too. Tim uh, sent me an email message here last week. Glad to hear you guys picked up DK Mags, my favorite shop, too. When you go there, you're talking to guys that live and know guns, not some kid from a big box store that was working in the shoe department yesterday. A true occurrence, uh, according to Tim. Or a gun department guy that admits he really doesn't know anything about guns or ammo, and that was another true occurrence for him. For him and me, too. And actually for the CI girl that turned me on to DKMags.com up in New Brighton. She just got her carry permit, uh, was looking for a target gun. Not only did she find the right firearm at DKMags, she found amazing customer service, and that's one of the things I love about them. I've purchased firearms and accessories from them, and I, I actually use their gunsmith, too. They're absolutely wonderful. I want you to check them out, D, uh, GLers. DKMags, that's DKMags.com, or stop into the shop up in New Brighton. You'll see why it's the only gun shop for me, DKMags. Here's a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Sushere. Okay. I'm watching the news last night. I think it was five eyewitness. It was five eyewitness news. Not I think it was. It was five eyewitness news. And they had a piece about an artist in Minneapolis who, uh, to his credit, uh, he picks up trash around Lake Hiawatha. Oh, that's and, noble. And he's joined uh, by other people. Uh, and his name is Sean Condity. And he says, I think we're all wrestling with how to address this problem, meaning trash, litter, pollution. And for the past five years, Conady has tried to solve the problem on Lake Hiawatha. This year, he and volunteers removed 350 pounds of trash Mm. from the lake. And I'm assuming he means uh, strictly from the shoreline. I I don't think he gets a canoe and goes out in the middle of the lake and tries to find anything. The trash is coming from us in our community, Conady said. Well, that's that's a rather obvious statement. Uh, I don't know where else it would be coming from short of aliens. <laughs> uh, after sorting through it, he decided to build pieces of art to show the public where the garbage is coming from. Ugh. 
The top four companies are Pepsi, Coca-Cola, McDonald's, and the Mars Corporation. And he said, I would love for them to step up and to contribute funding to treat the stormwater for Lake Hiawatha, Kennedy said. What a douchebag. Now, I'm leaning at this point, I'm leaning closer to the TV saying, did I hear Did I hear what I thought I just heard? <laughs> Along with these companies and consumers, Conity also blames the city of Minneapolis and the Park and Rec Board because they control the infrastructure that leads to waste getting into the city's oh lakes. My God. I began working towards the city and the parks to create a mitigation system to treat the stormwaters, Conity said. The city and Minneapolis Park and Rec told Five Eyewitness News they appreciate Conity drawing attention to this issue and recognize the problem. But they stress a stormwater diversion and trash management is their long-term master plan to minimize pollution. Unfortunately, I would believe it, said Patty Friel, who lives in Minneapolis and enjoys coming to the lake. Friel isn't surprised that there's that much trash in the lake, and she believes it's our job to make sure garbage goes where it belongs to keep the lakes beautiful. Uh, Pick up stuff even if it isn't yours, Friel said. We reached out to all four of the companies in the project. McDonald's said McDonald's is focused on improving its packaging, packaging to help significantly reduce waste and positively impact the communities we serve around the world. In Minneapolis, McDonald's restaurants comply with the green-to-go, environmentally acceptable packaging ordinance. We offer recycling and garbage receptacles within our restaurants, and we encourage our customers to use appropriate refuse containers to dispose of their waste when they take their orders to go. Mars Corporation said, We're disappointed to learn that our packaging has been found in the Lake Hiawatha Trash Survey and commend the efforts of the Standish Erickson Neighborhood Association to keep the shorelines and lake clean. Here, here, here. At Mars, we are uh, committed to sustainable packaging. Our vision is a world where plastics and packaging never become waste. Our goal is to design packaging that is 100% recyclable, reusable, or compostable by 2025. We're uh, co- collaborating with not, uh, with NGOs, that's a what, non-government organizations, governments, and partners like the Ellen MacArthur Foundation's New Plastic Economy Global Commitment. Oh, gosh. <sighs> We're also planning to support the consumer recycling. This year, uh, Conardy and volunteers removed 350 pounds of trash. Uh, uh, why am I reading that again? I already read that page. Probably okay. printed it twice. So, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, oh, wait a minute. If I buy a, a hamburger at McDonald's, mm-hmm. why is it McDonald's' fault if I throw the wrapper into the into the lake? It's not the the world view of of I can't get I can't make myself think the way this hippie is thinking. So he's already excused the the thrower. No, but it goes deeper than that. There's a section of this of society today that is so anti big business. Right. They're willing to go to no lengths to 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 show how evil that that big business is. But don't don't you guys just hate people like this? Absolutely. Who I goes do. out and does a, a charitable act that a lot of people of different political aspirations do, but then he goes to the news and yep. pats himself on the back and starts blaming other people. Can't you just shut your stupid, fat, hippie mouth, pick up the trash, <laughs> throw it away, and get the hell out of my face? Well, I, 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 you're, you're being a bit uncharitable. I, Why? I, uh, Why am I? <laughs> well, no, I don't well, think he is I, at I all. Have, I have, what I'm more, I'm not, 
I commend the guy's physical activities. Absolutely. And he and his buddies want to pick up trash. Absolutely. God, God bless them. What? what I'm struggling with is how do you develop a worldview that that isn't an individual responsibility? Right. It's not, it's not the Mars Corporation's fault. Okay. And look what the companies are forced into. No, they they're forced into they're forced into this this uh, this uh, Alice in Wonderland world of saying we're reduced. We're do- if you buy a burger at McDonald's, you want it packaged properly for sanitary reasons. Number one. If it's any consolation to Sean Connery, uh, I don't litter. I've never thrown a soda can out of my car in my life. I I, yeah, I, I never will. <clears throat> Because GLers are full of common sense, and it and and I recycle. But for this guy to what he's saying is that if I bought a Daisy air rifle mm-hmm. at Fleet Farm, yep, and brought it home and took it out of the box, I'd have to say to the family, "Just a minute, uh, I'm going to take this box over to Lake Hiawatha yeah. and just throw yeah, it on the shore," it. and then. To this guy's way of thinking, that would be the Daisy Air Rifles manufacturer's right. fault. Right. No, it's my fault. Right. I, I don't I don't understand the thinking. And these stories get presented as though they're completely normal. There's nothing normal about this. You have Connery, you have you've you've done yeoman service, thank you. But you have a completely backwards view of the problem. The problem isn't the manufacturer. The problem, the problem is, is the person who buys the product. Okay, I have something along the same line that's been bothering me for a year or so. I Googled it while you were talking. Do you feel that um, drug companies should be held accountable for overdoses? No, but I do think doctors who overprescribe should be. Because I've had a huge problem with this where now we're uh, holding drug companies responsible for overdoses and bills are being passed and we're, we're actually now charging these drug companies for overdoses, blaming them, the makers of fentanyl or whatever. And I see this along running parallel to this nitwit and his garbage and holding Mars and Coca-Cola and McDonald's responsible. I, I, it's, it's I, the think, same, it's, I think it's analogous. It's the same blind stupidity. So a whole bunch of individuals through 300, let's even say, what was it, 350? It doesn't matter. 350 pounds of trash. It's the littering thing, you know, and, and people just don't get it. But but he's fully embraced yeah. the collectivist idea that we are, we are but pawns in society. We are, we are the victims of corporate greed. We are the victims of capitalism. We are the victims of companies that provide us these products. And if only they didn't do it, or if only they could make a, a can of Coke in a can that would dissolve and disappear from the yes. from the universe <laughs> yes. in, in 30 yes. seconds after you're done with it, we'd all be better off. They, he has bought into, I don't mean to speak too much for quantity. Again, I, I appreciate a guy who wants to clean up a lake shore. Yeah. Uh, but he appears to me to have bought into the idea that... We need someone else to be responsible for us. In this case, we need Coca-Cola 
to be responsible for the fact that of my 350 pounds, I just picked up 72.5 pounds of Coca-Cola products. <laughs> and that's Coke. He, he would like to call them in Atlanta and say, You're what are you going to do about this? He, he, did, he didn't live through the 60s and 70s when you were rolling down the road and people oh. are just throwing crap out oh. the window. Left, Remember dumping ashtrays <laughs> out the window at stoplights? Oh, at stoplights, <laughs> banging it on the street. Remember the commercial with the poor Native American guy crying yes. his eyes? Yes, out yes. because of all the garbage in the ditch. Right. He has no idea how bad it was. It does remind me there was a great photo during spring break time of a beach, <laughs> you know, Florida, wherever it was, just littered with garbage. And it said, these are the same kids that want to save the planet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if he really wants to help, why doesn't he go down to the Minnesota or the Mississippi and start picking up that trash? I mean, the, the trash at, at uh, Hiawatha is nothing See, compared to that. Th- this helps. He helps the salon. He feeds into the salon yes. because the salon then says, Well, wait a minute. Oh, have you seen what this artist did at Iowatha? He, he turned 350 pounds into some, uh, some artistic installations. And, uh, you know, uh, we really should be cracking down more and more on the people who produce these products. What, what would he have? A product-free world? Yeah. What? what? Right. But how would, well, how does he want Mars to act? How, what does Mars make? Candy bars. Yep, right. Snicker bars. M&Ms. Chips, I suppose. I yeah. don't know. Well, I don't throw that stuff away. I throw it in the garbage can. I'll give you that on a windy day, you might have an M&M wrapper blow uh, off the picnic table into the, uh, the have lake. You, have you walked around Hiawatha? There's no. a very sh- a short section of lakeshore that you can actually walk next to. I've never walked around Hiawatha. I, I mean, the, the, the golf course covers most of it, yeah. and then shrubbery and trees and weeds and cacta- uh, cattails cover the rest of it. I'm all for keeping it clean. I, I, I have no problem with that. Yeah. The only problem I have is how do you arrive at the conclusion that that's not some slob's fault? That's not the fault of Pepsi-Cola company. And then there's one more thing we haven't brought up. About once or twice a summer, they have to close down the beach at Hiawatha because of the high levels of fecal matter yeah. in the water. Yeah. So, dude, uh, you know. Yeah, what's your answer to that? Yeah. Come on. Plug yourself up. You know? No, the answer is Aquaside. Aquaside. Get rid of the fecal as matter. As good as Aquaside is, I don't know. Aquaside cannot get rid of a cold. Can. Gotcha. But this guy, he's a, he's amazing. He not only pats himself on the back for cleaning up after us, but he's now going after the corporations that make the product that he's picking Evil up. Evil corporations. What a dink. Well, I, I, how do you get there? How do you get to that point in your thinking? Yeah. Do you think he had a conventional upbringing and then maybe... I don't know. I don't care about his upbringing. Because what do your parents have always told? Hey, don't th- uh, throw that out. Throw in the trash. Don't litter. Don't just throw that anywhere. No, of course not. I, I mean, anybody with the conventional upbringing would would know. GLers look. GLers have to look at this, and they just have to think, what's wrong with these people? Yeah. You know, GLers are by nature conservationists and last droppers, and we don't throw a bottle, a plastic water bottle, out in the street. Hell, I'm so stupid now. I'm the one taking plastic bags down to the lawns in my scooter. Everybody mocking me because it ends up going out back and Pedro burns it. And I'm pulling over. Or John burns it, whatever a name. I don't know what the hell the name is. I'm pulling over on gravel roads, picking up beer bottles and tossing them into the back of my truck just 
so I don't have to look at the trash. Yeah, when you're going on a gravel road, where else are you supposed to throw it? <laughs> well, <laughs> anybody knows you aim for signs and mailboxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought it an amazing a glimpse into the, uh, it's no, the better way to put it. It's no wonder the salon gets away with what it gets away with. You have an increasing population, the closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, who have a a collective mindset who believes that uh, all of their actions in life are controlled by others. And if we only had people who would safeguard us from this, we would have a cleaner environment and cleaner lakes and uh, no carbon uh, footprint and no pollution in the air. If only we had people who could condemn the automobile and the manufacturers of soda pop and potato chips and candy bars. They, the mindset is uh, one where the, uh, they are working them, painting themselves into a corner where they will be more than willing to give up any number of freedoms to bring about a world in which they have no responsibility. Mm-hmm. Who are the big four here? The Coke, big four were Coke, McDonald's. Pepsi, McDonald's, and Mars. Oh. I didn't see the story last night. Was was he shown? Was he? Oh God, yes. Yeah. His visage uh, featured prominently. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go looking for the guy, and I'm going to walk about ten feet in front of him and just start throwing <laughs> trash in front of him. <laughs> just what are you going to make with this? Like when I see a guy on the beach with with a metal detector, I'll go push a penny into the beach ten <laughs> feet in front of him. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> uh, just uh, it's just amazing. It's just it's just amazing. Uh, now, I would imagine he didn't get paid to create these artistic installations. Oh, that's another thing. Did he get a grant? I doubt it. Well, but you know what? That wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> he was supposed to get a grant, but they gave it to the interior decorators. Uh, so maybe this lobby. is just part of his marketing ploy so he can keep getting grants. And he, he, his quote, he seems to instinctively know, he said, this trash is coming from us in our community. No bleep. Where in the hell else do you think it's coming from? I was brought in from Matamita. What do you think, pal? Do you think they send semis up here from Atlanta to dump Coke cans on Lake Hiawatha? Holy moly. You know, if he does get a grant and this does work out for him, do you think him... Do you think he maybe under the uh, the cover of night is bringing in anvils and uh, old tires and uh, oh, look at this tractor I found down here making art out of it? It's just amazing. It's just amazing. The uh, closer you get to the country's tallest buildings, you we're seeing another dynamic to the salon, and that is the the creation of citizens who are more than willing to acquiesce to the salon because they agree with the salon. Yeah. And the salon then feeds on these people and gets away with ever more atrocities. It's just snowballing. Yeah. Do you yeah. see how we need to uh, work these people and show them the way? How do we push back against this kind of stupidity? Uh, though, by podcasts like this, pointing it out. And uh, I, I just, uh, maybe someone who knows Sean will say, hey, Sean, they were talking about you on the Garage Logic podcast. You, you've really got to come to your senses. Uh, the fact that you found a Coke can in Lake Hiawatha is not the fault of the Coca-Cola manufacturing plant. Well, you assume a guy like Sean doesn't download us daily. I doubt that he would. Sean, no. I I was just looking things up about Sean. Just uh, curious about him. He's a professor in the fine arts department at the University of Minnesota. Oh, he's in the failed academy. That's precious. (laughs) The students love him. Well, maybe he's a great artist. Maybe he's, uh, and again, 
I'm happy that he picked up 350, mm-hmm. pounds, 350 of pounds of trash. This is uh, what I call two Snicker bars and a can of Coke. You know, <laughs> it's kind of funny. You guys have been outstate where you see these blue road signs where this next two miles sure. of road is sponsored yeah. by so-and-so, and you see them out there a couple of times a year. I wonder what kind of trash they're picking up. I wonder if they can nail it down to three or four companies Ooh. responsible for all that roadside trash. But even if they did, so what? Right. It's not the fault of the company. Right. But look at, look at, the, the precedent has already been established. You know, the state of Minnesota and Mike Cerisi won hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars blaming the tobacco company for you getting lung cancer. Yep. That's... The precedent's already established. That's where it was set. Mm-hmm. You're right. And this guy would just, this guy would not be troubled. I'm, I'm, shouldn't speak for him, but I'm guessing that he would not be troubled if... Coca-Cola suffered financial damages mm. to support his view of the world. Mm-hmm. I wonder what Mike uh, would say about my little uh, drug company thing. I wonder which side he's on. He's on the money side. <laughs> yes, he's on the side of where the money is. Yeah, I still think we should have him in. Well, we can. We can. What was the latest one? He just came up a couple of weeks ago. Well, somebody saw a billboard saying that uh, minority kids are not getting the correct education in Minnesota, and whoever sent that in smelled a giant lawsuit headed our way. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and and he'll come in and just turn me, he'll pulverize me. Right, you got nothing. Uh, Let me know when he's coming I'll be whimpering under the desk by the time he gets done Let me me know when he's going to be here so I can be gone. (laughs) (laughs) Same here. You're You're like Norm on Cheers. When Harry, the magician, walks into the bar and Norm grabs a 20 and says, Harry, here's the 20 bucks I'm going to owe you in about five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's exactly what happens. Say, uh, we'll be back in just a moment. Have you noticed the consolidation happening to commercial insurance agencies today? This is Patrick Ricey for the Canopy Group. The big just keep getting bigger, and you and your business continue to get passed around until you become a dreaded house account. You have been consolidated. All of this was done to you without your control. Get options and take control of your company's insurance program. Have the Canopy Group help you gain a commercial insurance strategy that makes your business more attractive to the insurance industry. The more insurance companies that we can get interested in your business, the more competitive your pricing will be. If your business is renewing in March, April, or May and is paying less than $80,000 in premium, don't accept being a house account. Get the attention you deserve with the Canopy Group. Visit thecanopygroup.com or call 800-967-3389, 800-967-3389, The Canopy Group. Latte Schmate. Here's Joe Suchere. There's a very substantial story in the uh, St. Paul Pioneer Press about St. Paul having spent $340,000 for a playground renovation, but it turns out that uh, many parents are are not pleased with it. It's in uh, Cherokee Regional Park, and uh, everyone in the neighborhood was wondering, what is this thing, Uh, said Noah Narmowitz. He's one of a group of parents who've taken their concern about the recent 342 grand overhaul to City Hall. 
After attending community design meetings, Betsy Thompson expected a shady tree grove, rolling berms for toddlers to crawl over in bench-style seating, but they built some kind of tower with a rope uh, catch beneath it, and kids are getting fallen in that and screaming for help and trying to crawl out of that thing. And uh, I want to read you a paragraph, though, that uh, the paragraph that's uh, most alarming, and then I can refer to a citizen. Uh, a 24% of the money, about eighty-two grand, went towards design and community engagement. Mm. Well, what does that mean? About 21% went to the work site and 7.5% to permitting and demolition. And they got a sky tower and all that. But a citizen from St. Paul named uh, Danny wrote in, I'm disappointed to hear that St. Paul is not proving to be responsive to its taxpayers and is proving to be less competitive than Minneapolis. For example, the Longfellow Project in Minneapolis was initially projected to cost 297000 but came in $15,000 under budget, or about $60,000 less than the $342,000 spent at Cherokee Park Playground in St. Paul. How is it a similar project in Minneapolis came in a great deal under budget and for considerably less money? Here's one item for the story that caught my attention, mine too. Another 24%, about 82000 of the total cost, went toward, went toward design and community engagement. Pardon me? How do you spend eighty-two grand on community engagement, or why? Minneapolis, amazingly enough, seems to have figured out a way to make over a similar park project and, gasp, come in under budget. Where did the money go? It's nearly a fourth of the project's cost. 82000 would surely buy a large quantity of donuts and coffee, Right. A perhaps bigger concern. Why isn't the mayor's office being more transparent? And why isn't being more responsive to taxpayers' questions? In my opinion, we are seeing a trend where the mayor's office and council members are taking an adversarial approach when citizens have concerns, rather than understanding that city staff and elected officials work for and are employed by the residents. I welcome your thoughts here, here. Uh, respectfully, uh, Danny uh, Kilgore, St. Paul. Uh, well, you know my thoughts, Danny. My thoughts are that we're ruled by the salon, and we are uh, unfortunately seeing more and more and more incompetence. The trash hauling program, the school building projects being over budget, Jackson Street renovation over budget, Cherokee Park over budget. And then you end up with a playground that the kids don't even like because it's too damn dangerous. Right. Did you see the pictures yes. of this yeah. tower? And I'm not letting my kid go. I don't have any kids anymore, but I'm not letting the... Uh, not every parent objects to the Sky Tower. Yeah, I, I do. I, but is this somewhere near High Bridge? It must be near... Uh, see, that's what I thought, but I'm thinking it must be Battle Creek. Oh, over there. Cherokee Regional Park. It, it's, it says it's on the bluffs, and there's really nice pictures here. Well, I drive through Cherokee Park when I cross the river twice, Kenny. You must. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't recall seeing this. I don't recall, but you know what? I'm, I'm going to look more closely next time. This would be a good opportunity to take your brand new bicycle out for a spin. Oh, I would love to. I can do that now. Uh, I'd cross the high bridge on my uh, Bintelli e-bike from EcoFun Motorsports in Forest Lake. I wouldn't I wouldn't want to get on the freeway. Oh, no. I don't want to go across the practice freeway please bridge. Don't, please don't be one of those people. But I, I would take my Bintelli e-bike. I had a kid I used to have driving it yesterday. It's going to be hard to get it away from her. She really loved it. <laughs> cool. It's just amazing. She was astonished at the uh, the power that's provided to you when you would choose a different assist level. Well, you need to take it around Hiawatha as well, by the way. You know, he'll uh, Tim will provide us all with a Bintelli e-bike if we want to get filmed riding down the parkway. He said he'll bring him in in his truck. 
Oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do that. Like yeah. the Beatles. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. thinking the monkeys. Oh, here we <laughs> go. Benny Hill music underneath. <laughs> 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 I'm talking about EcoFun Motorsports right downtown Forest Lake. They have a great, uh, great selection of Yamaha motorcycles, scooters, mopeds, youth ATVs, youth snowmobiles. Uh, but that uh, show floor, which is very large and very well stocked, that's where I picked out my Bintelli e-bike. You can pedal it on your own, use the motor assist to make pedaling easier, or use the thumb control and cruise up to 20 miles an hour. Your feet ain't moving. It's nice. Your feet ain't moving. No. Nice. It really is. And uh, as I say, no other store in Minnesota offers an on-the-floor display of electric bikes that compares to what you will find at EcoFun. And at EcoFun, you will not pay the crazy prices they charge for e-bikes at the shops that exclusively sell bicycles. And if you're looking for a motorcycle to go across the country, mm. they've got one left, a 2018 Yamaha Star Venture Transcontinental Edition. It originally priced at twenty-seven grand. It's marked down to twenty-one nine nine nine, and it's just an. I saw it uh, Saturday when I went to get my e-bike. It has everything you could ever want, including a V-twin, eight-valve, full GPS, four-speaker surround. You get the picture. It's just the bike you want you for get traveling out to the great, uh, the great national parks or wherever. It's fantastic. Uh, EcoFunMotorsports.com. We'll be back with Johnny Height. Justice and the Souteray. Is this Dylan? No. This is all Dylan. This yeah. is Dylan? Playing every instrument. You've got a couple of really, really good reporters working for that newspaper here, Such. Uh, Milo and uh, Christy Bel... Is it Belcamino? I don't know. Mary Devine. Yeah. Boy, you've got... I, I wish I could get your paper in South Minneapolis. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I'm sorry. I don't know why you can't. It's been a lifelong struggle. It drives me crazy. It's, a, it's. I think it's a better paper than the uh, Strib. Uh, it's, it's certainly more understaffed, though, than the Strib. Maybe that's what makes it good. I don't know. Well, it, it's Milo Freddy. He works his ass off. Oh, he's on all sorts of different stories. Don't get me going. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't get me going. Why Jim? not? Well, he's a one-man band, and and that's why these mayors can get away with the stuff that Melvin's getting away with. They didn't get away with it when the St. Paul paper had a fully staffed city hall bureau with six to eight people in their own desk, eye shade visors, and telephones over there with the typewriters clacking. Here's John Hyde. <laughs> well, thank you, Joe. It just uh, kills me walking through this building, and everybody does show prep. Via the computer, nobody's reading the newspaper anymore. Like us, us two old guys. Yeah. I, uh, you still get them at home. At home, right? I, that's my first hour and a half of the day. It's yeah. just so much more pleasant. Yeah. yeah, it's just so nice not to have that ink on your. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I found. Uh, so you guys were wondering about uh, Sean Connery, the fella uh, with the yes. project getting the garbage. Tell us about. Uh, you were asking about. <laughs> Perhaps I knew uh, he wasn't going to be able to last. I couldn't make I it through the whole segment, and now you had to bring it up, and I couldn't. I had to blurt uh, where he uh, perhaps gets some money from. Uh, the McKnight Foundation supplied him with a twenty-five thousand dollar McKnight Fellowship for visual artists uh, in twenty eighteen. Wow! So uh, it was. It, it, it was well, promotion. Well, well that's, that's, that's not all. That's, okay. that's not all. That's not it? No, the uh, something called the, uh, let's see, 2017 Forecast Public Art Development Grant, grant 
Uh, he received a grant from them, them in 2017, and now I went to their page. He's also receiving a $5,000 grant from them for 2018, so I'm assuming that means he's got 10000 from them also. Thank you know you why job. it's not art? Why? Because I can do it. You can do it. I can pick up a piece of paper and nail it to a board. That sounds like That's it. Not, is that a Roycey line? No, that it's my like line. It. And it started when the guy was going to build the uh, the hanging platform for the uh, something to do with the uh, Minneapolis Institute of Arts, and he was going to reprise a gallows Yes. Uh, it uh, that caused great suffering among Native Americans. Yes. Oh, yeah. And I said, that's not art, because I can go to Menards and buy lumber and build a deck. That's not art. Right. I can do that. Right. There yeah. must be a club that you get in to get these fellowships, oh, yeah. if he's getting them from everywhere, because uh, of 229 people who applied, there were only eight that got them, and he was one of them, and it looks like he gets them from more than one place. So well, his name must be known to those Thank you, John. Oh, that's wonderful. And, and thank off you. they go. So, uh, In news. So it's all just part of his marketing plan. Mm-hmm. It's his branding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Democratic presidential candidate Amy Klobuchar has released a list of 100-plus executive orders she said she'd sign in her first 100 days in office. The orders include rejoining the Paris Climate Agreement and allowing prescription drugs to be imported from Canada. The list is intended to give voters an idea of what uh, the first days in the Klobuchar White House would look like. Uh, she says you've got to have sprints and you have to have marathons, but the sprints at this moment couldn't be more important because you've got a president that's creating chaos at the time, and the idea is there are so many things we need to do right away. She made those comments on MSNBC's Morning Joe. Yes. Mr. Connery, it's your turn. <laughs> uh, I'll take movies for 400 <laughs> The answer is John Travolta learned how to dance for this 1977 hit movie. Mr. Connery. That would be Jaws. <laughs> no. Jaws is incorrect. And please answer in the form of a question. Burt Reynolds. What is Jaws? <laughs> Alino Lakes. One of the best bits ever. Oh, Celebrity God. Jeopardy yes. on Saturday Night Live. I just want to. I just want to. What was the Andre the, the Giant? Dude, dude, no, who was the who was the the comedian I'm thinking of that did played Burt Reynolds? Oh, it's uh, Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Do you still have? Do you have it? I'll dig it up. All right. Lionel Lake's man is charged with killing two federally protected trumpeter swans in Anoka County. God, I read this. What an idiot! Why would you hurt a swan? Oh, he thought, well, go ahead, John. According to the criminal complaint, DNR officers were informed of an individual hunting on Rice Lake at about 9.25 in the morning, September 28th of 2018. DNR officers then responded to the northwest shore of the lake. The complaint says the officers saw a trumpeter swan swimming. Following behind it was a man in a kayak, 24-year-old Connor Walsh. The complaint says Walsh was then seen raising a long gun and firing at the trumpeter swan, which dropped over in the water and was grabbed by Walsh. Conservation officers confronted him as he was paddling on the lake, found two trumpeter swans and 12-gauge shotgun. Officers also learned Walsh didn't have a hunting license, a life jacket, waterfall stamps required for hunting waterfall, or a current driver's license. Jeez. According to the complaint, Walsh told officers he thought the swans were snow geese. No, he didn't. That's a lie. I, I don't know them well enough, but from what I've read, they don't look anything. Uh, uh, picture in your mind a Volkswagen Beetle. You, you got that in your mind? Yeah. Now yep. picture right next to it an 18 wheeler. Yep. That's that the difference. All right. They're absolutely enormous. Their necks are like five feet long. They're incredible. Let's not 
be hurting these creatures. They're majestic, beautiful creatures. What do they taste like? (laughs) (laughs) Eagle. (laughs) Trying to trip them up there. Boom. Good job. Walsh faces seven misdemeanor charges. Each carries a maximum penalty of up to 90 days in jail and or a fine of between $300 and $1,000. He'll be back in court July 17th. I need my spirits lifted. Please stop. Please stop. What in the... Burt Reynolds, what are you doing here? He looks like Yeah, it's uh, it's not my name. All right, Turd Ferguson. (laughs) Uh, Sorry I'm late, I uh, had to pick up my podium from the the grass. Well, you're not late, you weren't invited. (laughs) I'd like to solve the puzzle, Alex. (laughs) This isn't Wheel of Fortune. (sighs) Who is Andre the Giant? Is that an answer to a question? No, I was just wondering, uh, <laughs> just wondering who is under the top. <laughs> you know what, Justin Bieber, why don't you... Oh, God help me. Yeah. I, just picked, I just picked up my podium from the shop. shop. Yeah. <laughs> He's got his own podcast, doesn't he? He does. I, I've got to get in on that. It's pretty good. Yeah. My favorite is, I'll take Horage for 400. Who reads? President Trump on Tuesday pulling the nomination of Patrick M. Shanahan to be the permanent defense secretary, saying on Twitter that Shanahan would devote more time to his family. The president named Mark T. Esper, the secretary of the Army and a former Raytheon executive, to take over as acting secretary of defense. And during his six-month tenure as the department's acting secretary, Shanahan was criticized for slighting Lockheed Martin, Boeing's chief competitor, for its mismanagement of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter. He was widely viewed as acquiescing to the White House and other government officials, including John Bolton and Mike Pompeo. Uh, Mr. Shanahan famously said the department would not be viewed as the department of no. The Department of Natural Resources is reminding motorists to look out for turtles crossing like the roads. Turtles. <laughs> a, release, a release said turtles often cross roads to nest this time of year, and drivers should exercise caution, allowing them to cross the road safely when possible. The public can help document turtle crossing and mortality areas by taking part in the Minnesota Turtle Crossing Tally and Count Project. Why? According to the DNR. What, what does that prove? Uh, maybe where they're more uh, numerous. We want to know or... the uh, state of the turtle. Well, I like turtles. I know you do. Yeah. Uh, this, Kenny, you uh, tweeted about a turtle. Yeah, yeah. it was fairly big. Isn't it amazing it? how prehistoric they have remained? Yeah. That is a, a huge, that was a snapper, right? Yeah, but as long, as far as snappers go, that was pretty average. I mean, maybe the size of a beach ball. I mean, when I said they get the size of a wheelbarrow, I wasn't kidding. Oh. They get really Because the big. one you had was about the size of a hubcap, right? About yeah, that? yeah, that's a good description. Remember when I asked Pat, why do you think ticks haven't evolved? Oh, yeah. He said, no ambitious. <laughs> no ambition. <laughs> Remember that tick that was found uh, yep. in a, uh, what's that called, that glass? Uh, Vial? No, it was it found. Was in a shot glass. Oh. A million-year-old. Uh, Whiskey oh, bottle. Yeah. What do you call that stuff? Uh, Amethyst or? Yeah. And the, and the tick looked exactly like a tick today, and it came up on the show, and Pat yep. said, they had no marketing, no ambition. They just didn't change. <laughs> like monkeys. Monkeys evolved. Yeah. From what I've <laughs> yeah. seen from these dum-dums, they crawl up into our yard at the lake, and they bury their eggs, and then I don't know what kind of parenting this is they lay their eggs and they're out of there mm-hmm. that's the last really? they see it's pretty them. minimal yeah. so they don't sit on them 
No. Huh. No. Do they and come then, back when the turtles are born? I don't think so. Not huh. that we've seen. They're this snapper, own, huh? this snapper that we uh, saw last weekend that I tweeted a picture of had dug a pretty deep hole. Mm-hmm. It was the size of a fist and about as deep uh, down to my wrist. Weird story from India. <laughs> I don't know why I use that. Indians, Indian, Indian police have recovered the body of a stuntman who went missing in the Hooghly River on Sunday. He was trying an old Houdini daredevil trick. Did you guys see this story? See, no. I thought he was. I thought this was one of those deals where I'm going to go get a pack of cigarettes. I'm. Yeah, he never what, never comes back. Forty year old Chancha Lahiri, better known by his stage name Jadugar Mandrake or right. the Wizard Mandrake was undertaking an escape stunt near the Howrah Bridge in Kolkata, where he was tied up with steel chains and rope and lowered into the river. Did you see the color of the river? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the gray water, right? I, no, it was gross. yellow. It was, yeah, oh. it was ick. This trick will be amazing for you. He was expected to free himself and swim to the surface, as he had done several times before. Yet worried spectators, which included team members and his family, launched a frantic search along the banks of the river after he didn't emerge after a half an hour. Before being lowered into the water, he told the crowd, if I can open it up, then it will be magic, but if I can't, it will be tragic. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Why am I laughing? Did he, was he recovered? His body was recovered, yes. Police found the magician's body on Monday evening, uh, a little ways away from the site of the incident. Was he out of the cage? Uh, the body... <laughs> I don't know, to be truthful. Well, isn't that something? That would question. be something to know. Yeah. Well, the they, there made... were pictures online of him being brought up, which I thought was rather... Um, but there were also pictures of the empty cage. Yes. Well, the body was brought up. He was still tied up. His body was all tied up. He had, a, I think he had a support, a, a temporary crew. Yeah, they a, had a new video, crew. underwater video of it. The end was... Oh, no. It's not working out. That's bad. Poor. Poor Mr. Lahiri. We're making fun that of That was the last death video. Doesn't he know? God. Houdini was a cheater. I yeah, mean, Houdini he cheated. cheated yeah. <laughs> what a dum-dum. Well, I put the key that I'm supposed to be under in my leg. So, was, I have a problem. Uh, well, I do, too. I need, I, need, I need your advice and help. I mean, my 14-year-old is coming up from Texas uh, today. He's going to be here for a month. Fourteen-year-old. Fourteen-year-old, and he is—he's a. You bet, don't have a fourteen. A fourteen-year-old nephew. Oh, nephew. Oh. And uh, he, did I say <laughs> my fourteen-year-old? I thought it was your kid. There yeah. were some indiscretional years. Yeah. <laughs> my nephew's coming up. He's already a better mechanic than me. I've got two dirt bikes for him to work on, but I haven't ordered any parts yet. Well, you got to get this kid to DennisKirk.com. Get him on the website. Wow. There's more than 160,000 products available to this kid. He's going to find everything he wants. It's a big in-stock selection. They got the best prices. You're going to get same-day shipping. You're going to get satisfaction guarantee. And tell this punk that <laughs> if he buys a helmet or apparel item and it doesn't fit or he doesn't like it, no problem. DennisKirk.com will even pay the return shipping. Tell him also. Order by 8 o'clock tonight, and DennisKirk.com will get it to you tomorrow. An $89 order ship free, and it sounds to me like he needs more than $89 worth of parts. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does. He's rebuilding a complete project. Yeah, 77 DT and yep. uh, oh. like a 1990 YZ250. Okay, DennisKirk.com will take care of him. That's what. That's why they're there, Minnesota company, and they're the best. Don't forget, check out PatriotRide.org, too. That's coming up uh, Saturday this at St. Cloud, or, I'm sorry, at the Anoka County Airport. A new structure to replace the pavilion destroyed in that fire at Bidet Makaska, Lake Calhoun, last month will not be built until at least 
2021, according to the Minneapolis Parks and Recreation Board. The former pavilion had stood for almost 90 years before it burned down May 16th in what investigators say was a negligent fire caused by a man carelessly disposing of hookah members. The building was deemed a total loss. Before anything is built on the site, the park board will undergo two years of planning and design for a replacement structure, according to an update given to commissioners. Before cities got fancy, when I was a youth, that was the sailing pavilion. The revolver in which Vincent Van Gogh is believed to have shot himself will go under the auction hammer in Paris on Wednesday. Billed as the most famous weapon in the history of art, it's a 7mm Lafachot revolver. I, I should have given this to Rook. Yes, He's a French you. guy. Yes, of course. It's I ex- wonder if DK Megs has Lafachot. one of those. Lafachot? It's expected to fetch up to $67,000. Van Gogh experts think he shot himself with the revolver near the village of Auvers de Oh, yeah. North yeah, of Paris. Where he Inspector spent, Clouseau. <laughs> yeah, pretty much was a Clouseau <laughs> thing. <wasn't> Bonjour. <laughs> Do you have a room? <laughs> Discovered by a farmer in 1965 in the same field where the troubled uh, Dutch painter. My wife does not get that movie. Oh, God. I just sit it. there and howl, and she just looks at nope, me like I'm insane. Does your dog bite? <laughs> he does not bite. He just bit me. That is not my dog. <laughs> the whole Kato, the K2 or Kato. Kato, yeah. Yeah, that thing, the, the humor there escapes her too, where this guy oh. just comes out of a closet at full bore and tackles Kato? Kato? <laughs> uh, anyway, they found this gun in 1965 in the same field where the troubled Dutch painter is thought to have fatally wounded himself. It's already been on exhibit at the Van Gogh Museum in Amsterdam. Well, Art Auction, who's selling the gun, so there's no way of being absolutely certain it's the fatal weapon. Tess showed it had been in the ground for about 75 years, which would fit the history. The Dutch artist had apparently borrowed the gun from the owner of the inn in the village where he was staying. He died 36 hours later after staggering wounded back to the inn in the dark. It was not his first dramatic act of self-harm, of course. Remember back in 1888. He cut off his ear. Say two mm. things. Uh, yep. Remember that you can have until June 29th to get to any RF Muller jewelry store and get $50 off your watch repair. Ford in Cleveland and St. Paul, 50th in France, and Edina, Gavaday Common uh, in downtown Minneapolis. And, and point number two. Uh, I'm continuing to have to show people how to download the podcast. Come yes, on, really? come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's not that hard. Let's go. And third, don't forget about the new uh, State Fair Foods this year. I have already forgotten about it. Hopefully you'll rewind the podcast and go back. That was such a wonderful... Maybe we could bring that story back tomorrow. I think we should. You won't have to. The fair will leak something out next week. (laughs) (laughs) They're better than the NFL to keep their names in the news. All right, GLers, you heard them. GarageLogic.com. It's not difficult to download this podcast. Listen to each and every one. Pass it along to family members and friends. And if you know someone that should be paired up on this podcast as an advertiser, encourage them to get in touch with us. We love doing what we're doing, but we can't do it without you. Thank you. Garage Logic podcast version. We'll catch you next time.